electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Shares of PayPal sinking today after the company cut its annual operating margin guidance and earnings last night. Deidre Bose has been looking into the numbers and how they stack up in today's tech check. Debo. Mel, the earnings weren't great, but as some have noted, they weren't a complete disaster. The company did raise its revenue and profit outlook for the year, but the focus is on margin contraction today. There is another way, though, of looking at PayPal's fundamentals, and that is put them next to rival block, where it competes on payments and the Venmo versus Square Cash, digital wallets, P2P. In terms of free cash flow, gross margins, EBITDA, basically profitability, PayPal looks to be the better play, yet it trails Block in terms of valuation by a mile. Block's forward price-to-earnings multiple more than doubled out of PayPal's, something that short seller Hindenburg noted in its recent report on Block, writing, quote, to make up for these fundamental realities, Block has extensively relied on non-GAAP adjustments to report growth despite weakening metrics. The flip side, however, I was talking to Dan Dolov, an analyst that covers both companies this morning, and I asked him essentially, why are investors shunning PayPal? He said, quite simply that Block is the more innovative company. Jack Dorsey has done a better job of making a viral product, alluding to Square Cash's rise in hip-hop culture, something, of course, that Hindenburg has questioned. But that innovation argument, guys, that can be seen in the top-line growth as well. Block expected to grow revenue faster this year, and it's an interesting debate it sets up, right? Because for the first half this year, investors were looking at profitability, but at least in the fintech space with these two names, they're kind of valuing revenue growth higher. For sure. And, you know, D, it also strikes me that when you have this area where, let's be honest, these are commodity services. I mean, you're, you, you know, you, I can send you cash the same way no matter what service you use. So when that's the case, if you're PayPal and you're kind of the incumbent and you have a little more market share to give up than gain when everyone is in everybody else's you know, market, uh, it is maybe that also explains part of the, the valuation difference. Because if you look at PayPal's report, they say, well, we still are, you know, how many yeah. three quarters of e-commerce vendors still have the button on there? Well, that's just more market share to lose, not gain. Mike, I love that you bring up that idea of commoditization, because I think this is a question that sort of the entire fintech industry faces. You look at an firm, right, when buy now, pay later looked really innovative, but now everyone's doing it. And PayPal is such an interesting example of that. Back in 2021, this is a company that had a market cap of more than $350 billion. It was worth more than all but one of the major banks. Today, it is worth less than all of them. And it kind of tells you that maybe these things have been commoditized. You see the rise of Zelle, right, when P2P also seemed very innovative. Now you just go into your existing app for any big bank and you're able to do that in seconds. So it raises questions on what the future valuation looks like. Can they ever reach these levels, Block or Square, or PayPal, excuse me, Block or PayPal? Um, And it's a good question. I think the fintech industry right now is wrestling with that and investors. Can it buy the growth, Deidre? I mean, at one point it was looking at pins um, and and they were hoping that they would get growth through that. I mean, are analysts saying that they've got to do something uh, like that? They can buy the growth, but I think it's, again, just this impending question that it, the irony of it is that a lot of these fintechs, Square, 
Former now Block and PayPal pushed these big banks to do more innovative things, and now they're coming for their lunch. So, sure, maybe in the short term, you know, a PayPal can buy that growth. They can make an acquisition to get those numbers up. But longer term, is this just a commodity? Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely the conversation. Meanwhile, uh, you want to talk about incumbents. Visa and MasterCard continue to have massive premium valuations as the, the rails yeah. for whoever uh, is, uh, is rolling along them. So uh, They've we'll done see. such a good job in protecting that moat and those rails. That is a hard business model to argue with, even though at one point you thought that maybe Block and PayPal could, could challenge that. Yeah, and even if someday there's going to be you know, pressure on fees, that's been uh, the story for a long time. Hasn't really happened much. You could nab an extra 10 bucks just for walking to your local Whole Foods. Amazon is giving select customers and Alexander Hamilton to pick up their package from designated locations rather than have it shipped to their home. Deirdre Bosa has more in today's Tech Check. I'm thinking about it, Deirdre. Well, as it turns out, Kelly, logistics is hard and expensive. Probably no surprise. Amazon, though, has poured so much capital into building out its network, and they've been rewarded. But others like Shopify, they've tried and failed. As you mentioned, even Amazon may now be trying to shave some costs off of its logistics juggernaut by offering some Prime subscribers 10 bucks to pick up their own packages from an Amazon pickup point like Whole Foods. That follows other incentives around the edges that Amazon offers, like encouraging customers to group packages on a single day, a dollar to push out delivery dates or even a small fee for UPS returns. Amazon, for its part, says that this is not a cost-cutting measure. They've offered this type of promo before, and they say this is all about convenience for the customer. But even that, Kelly, raises the potential challenges of Amazon's network against that traditional brick-and-mortar retailer like a Walmart, which Walmart says 90 percent of the U.S. population lives within 10 miles of a store. I don't think you live that close to a Whole Foods. I could be wrong. I do. I do. Half do. a mile. Half a mile for away. For you, it works then. Uh-huh. Maybe not for the average American, though. Definitely I think the not. average American lives closer to a Walmart. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but I think that you're right when we talk to the retailers and, and the analysts and all the rest of it, and they say the buy now, pick up in uh, store, the BAP, BAPIS, what's it called? Buy and pick up BOPIS. But anyway, <laughs> that, that is kind of the new, the best opportunity. It has pretty good margins. It you know works yeah. well for them. The customer's happy. And so Amazon now needs to match them at that strength. And Amazon, remember, doubled its network capacity over the pandemic, spent billions and billions of dollars. Walmart is simply using what it already has, those brick-and-mortar stores, spending a lot of money, yes, on the back end for that e-commerce piece of it. But they have this, what did you call it? Buy, Bopus. Bopus. Buy Bopus. online. <laughs> they, they, pick up in store. They have that built in. And, you know, during the pandemic, we got trained to sort of order online and pick up if you want it immediately. So Amazon, you know, still trying to be everything to every consumer, but it's going to cost money in different ways. Yeah, and we saw again in their earnings, those margins are slim to begin with, yeah. retail margins. Uh, let's talk Spotify, which is now using, is it using AI to purge songs? Or who's <laughs> Boomy? What's happening here? Okay, um, This is wild, actually. So Boomi is an app where you can make music with the assistance of artificial intelligence. That's not really new. People have been doing that for a long time. What is sort of new is that a lot of those songs are ending up on Spotify. Kelly, do you remember The Weeknd and Drake? Yes. Their AI-generated song? Yeah. Exactly. And it was a huge, a gigantic hit. So more people are listening to this. But also, there's more bots on Spotify moving up the song count, right? So it sounds like more people are listening to these hmm. 
to these songs, but they're not actually. These are just AI bots. And I know this is really confusing and kind of circular, bots on bots on bots. But I think the point is, is that we are starting to see very quickly the unintended consequences of generative AI, of AI being put in the hands of consumers. And that's leading to all sorts of problems with copyright, with listen counts. Um, There was one stat that uh, my producer, Jasmine, just identified to me. Boomi says that it has created nearly 14% of the world's recorded music. So what? 14% of the world's recorded music, it says, is generated by AI. And in a way, I say we should embrace this as long as the Drakes of the world can get their due, right? Can get royalties somehow. Uh, well, that's the question, right? Are they able to? And it's already such a difficult issue. Who gets what? How are you breaking up? The artists, you know, don't necessarily get enough of that because so much is being shaved off along the way. I mean, if you're bringing AI into this, I mean, but then on the flip side, folks would argue, too, that AI will help solve this problem. AI can do everything, Kelly. It just depends. Boomy and Bopis today and Bosa. Uh, Deirdre, thank you very much. We appreciate it for Tech Check. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.